The reading is from St. Paul's letter to Titus. Let us be attentive. Titus, my son, the saying is sure. I desire you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to apply themselves to good deeds. These are excellent and profitable to men. But avoid stupid controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels over the law, for they are unprofitable and futile. As for a man who is factious, after admonishing him once or twice, knowing that such a person is perverted and sinful, he is self-condemned. When I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Do your best to speed Zenos the lawyer and Apollos on their way. See that they lack nothing, and let our people learn to apply themselves to good deeds, so as to help cases of urgent need, and not to be unfruitful. All who are with me send greetings to you. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Amen. Peace be to you, the reader. Shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven, but he who does them and teaches them shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Peace be to you who proclaims the gospel. Glory to you, Lord. Glory to you. 
Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the most prolific words in our liturgy, a word that we use constantly in the liturgy, is the word peace. Say, peace be with you all. The very beginning of the liturgy, the first three litanies, in peace let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and the salvation of our souls, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, and on and on throughout the liturgy, we say, peace, peaceful life, peaceful this, again and again and again. So the fact of that word being so prolific in the liturgy should show its importance. But to really understand its importance, we have to look at what the opposite of peace is. So I ask you to think for a moment, what's the opposite of peace? You don't have to answer out loud. Our automatic response is war, or other things. The opposite of peace is broader than just war. It's any sort of discord, any conflict, any butting of heads. All of that is the opposite of peace. And whenever you have conflict, you have two sides. One side and the other side. And one's the good side, one's the bad side, depending on which side you're on. But there's always, when there's conflict, when there's discord, that means there are at least two people arguing. And maybe more. Maybe entire nations arguing. But at least two. So that's the opposite. And you think of that like in in a family, brothers fighting. They're fighting against each other. When they're not fighting, what are they? They're a family. They're united. They're one as a family. When they're fighting, then they're against each other. As though they're not in the same family. Of course, can't separate a family so easily. But ultimately, the opposite of peace is discord. It's two. And so peace... Is one. Peace is unity. Peace is oneness. Peace is when everything is in concord. And ultimately, this is because God is one. And if God is one, how could we be in union with Him if we're anything but one? We cannot have unity with God if we have discord with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Again, we cannot have unity with God if we have discord with our brothers and sisters in Christ. This is what the liturgy teaches us. This is why we're continually reminded, peace, 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 again and again in the liturgy. When we approach one of the high, really the high points of the liturgy is what's called the anaphora. It's when we bring the gifts to God, He blesses them, sanctifies them, and turns them into His very body and blood. Right before we begin that, right we say the creed. And before that, what do we say? Let us love one another that with oneness of mind we may confess. With oneness of mind. That word in Greek is omonia. And it means one noose. That we are of one spirit together, or one mind, you could also say. This is what we must have as we enter into the anaphora, as we enter into the consecration of Christ's body and blood. Because again, if we're one vine, how can we be separate branches that are separated? How is this possible? In the epistle of St. Paul, 
his uh, epistle that's read today to Titus, he talks about the opposite of peace. He says, Avoid stupid controversies, genealogies, dissensions, quarrels over the law, for they are unprofitable and futile. This is how bad they are. And as for a man who is factious, after admonishing him once or twice, have nothing more to do with him, knowing that as such a person is perverted and sinful, he is self-condemned. Sounds pretty harsh about that person, person who is factious. But if we think about it, what is, what is he saying? He's not saying that this person has good reason to be factious. That, the reason, in some sense, is secondary. The point of being factious is the problem. The point of causing division is the problem. And in, in Greek, that word factious is the word heresy. So someone who is causing heresy. What is heresy? A division within the church, a schism within the church. So again, there is a great desire for unity in what St. Paul is writing. Because division is truly the greatest tragedy in all of humanity, in all of the history of the world. We go back to the very beginning, and what happened? There was unity with Adam and Eve with God. And then they caused a division. It was God and Adam and Eve who were doing their own thing. But of course, division begats division. So it wasn't Adam and Eve. It was Adam who said, The woman you gave me, she caused me to sin. Dividing himself further. And then what happens after that? God gives the new order of things because they have done this. And what happens? Even Eve is at odds with the snake. So we become at odds with all of creation. And then we see Cain and Abel. We see so many situations throughout the history of humanity of division, division, division. And the opposite of that, of course, is peace. In the Gospel today, we see what happens when we have unity with God and with our fellow human beings. Our Lord says in the Gospel, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. Nor do men light a lamp and put it under a bushel, but on a stand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. When we hear that, we think putting the light under a bushel as though we have this light and we're just going to cover it up. But it's more like a suffocating. And that's what discord does. When we don't have that light of Christ, then instead we have discord, we have division, and so we're, we're squandering that, we're squelching that. And that's what the, the image of the bushel is, because even though he says, so let your light shine, your light, who is the light? The light is Christ. And if we desire to have the light of Christ illuminating all of those around us, then we must, we must have peace with our brothers and sisters. Today we celebrate the Sunday of the the Fathers of the Fourth Ecumenical Council. And the hymn today says, I was just noticing this, Most glorified are you, O Christ our God, who have established our fathers as luminous stars, 
This image of being illumined, of being the light, this is replete within our Orthodox hymnography. We talk about the light of Christ, and this begins when we have peace with one another. So I encourage you, my brothers and sisters, all of us have people that we have discord with. All of us have strife. All of us have people that we are not at peace with. Even if it's for a moment, it can be our very spouses in the heat of a moment. But still, I encourage, the light of Christ is shown when we have that oneness, when we have that unity. We cannot come forward and praise God and receive His body and blood and still have this discord within us. It's a great dichotomy and a tragedy, really a tragedy. So for each of us, and myself especially, that we may continue to seek peace in all things with all people and not be like that factious man in the epistle. That the light of Christ instead may shine brightly within us and illumine the world around us. Amen.